lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Uh, you can do so via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And look for me, Steve Dace, on MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Look for clips of the program at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. And as always, uh, don't forget to take advantage at blazetv.com slash Dace. Get a discounted subscription today so you can get around all that big tech censorship. You never know. Frankly, if you you don't know what's coming yet, but I do. It could be after today's show. Is that straight up true? That ain't even, that's not like, like radio, you know, promotional jargon. Straight up. It is possible after what I'm going to say in the next 15, 20 minutes. Is that straight up, don't you think? Fair to middling, as they say. I, I, it's, yes. it's, it, it ain't insignificant. It may no. not be 50%, but it ain't one. Okay? There's a chance after today, you won't get to watch or listen to this anymore uh, without getting it directly from us. Because uh, someone, folks, so, we're in the midst of the greatest gaslighting retcon in, in maybe the history of Western civilization right now. And someone's got to stand up and call BS on this. Someone's got to go full Cameron Buck Williams if you get the pop culture reference. And by golly, I'm going to appoint myself to that position. I'm doing it here uh, because they're trying to get away with it. Somebody has to not let them get away with it or some somebody's. And one of them's going to be me, which means... This could very well be the day that trips that trigger in Silicon Valley, and you only get to watch and listen to this directly from us at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash dace. Get a discounted subscription today. I, I found out they've got another extra discount for veterans, too. I wasn't even aware of that, so a few of our listeners and viewers told me that. Uh, but then also, you get all the uh, exclusive content we do each day, including the overtime well, we're going to go back into the Wayback Machine of the 2016 presidential primary. And how might things have been different? And maybe the answer is not at all. I, I don't know. But how might things have been different if the current versions of Rand Paul and Ted Cruz were on the campaign trail during that cycle? How? We're going to do a little historical fiction, a kind of what-if scenario, right? What if the current versions of Rand Paul and Ted Cruz were the ones running for president? Could that have changed the outcome of that primary? Would that have changed the outcome of the election, the outcome of the last four or five years in any meaningful way, shape, or form? We'll have some fun tossing that one around just for fun coming up in the overtime today at blazetv.com slash days. Also coming up today, the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us. Uh, also, we'll play our weekly game of buy, seller, hold. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to telling you about better spectacles because I'm wearing them right now. Now, I had a nice pair of glasses before, courtesy of the Blaze. They picked up the tab for that but a few years ago. But these, from Ghost Spec Lenses, I mean, they take things to an entirely different level. German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear. It's available for the first time here in the U.S. That's what I'm wearing on the show right now. That's a 144-year-old company, over 500 patents. Reagan wore these kinds of glasses, too. They specialize in handling 
difficult prescriptions, which you know me, you know, I wasn't going to like fit into either far or near. I had to do a little bit of both and just do a completely contrarian, uh, you know, diagnoses because that's just endemically how we roll. Okay. Yeah. Here. Um, and so I needed a special script and they did that with these glasses from ghost spec lenses. Um, you don't have to leave your house with them. They're not just an online company. They just give you online all the service that they give with their uh, top rated opticians in their stores all over the country. So get the best trained opticians in the country right now. Uh, they're offering you 61% off their introductory price, 61% off plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames. When you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve, again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And now here's Aaron with a rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by quite possibly the best video of the year so far. What we're watching is an international reporter for the Associated Press at something called George Floyd Square in Minneapolis on the anniversary of Floyd's death when this happens. This bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be... Uh, to... Just got to be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us, excuse us. Yes, the reporter is talking about police reform when a series of at least a dozen gunshots ring out from behind him. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, quick, call a social worker. Rápido, llama a un trabajador social. Moving on, the pivot continues on the Wuhan lab narrative. Dr. Anthony Fauci took one step closer to saying, yes, we funded the pandemic, but it was for your own good during testimony before a House Appropriations Subcommittee yesterday. Why do any research... Uh, in collaboration with our Chinese colleagues. Well, the underlying reason for that is that we uh, had a big scare with SARS-CoV-1 back in 2002-2003, where that particular virus unquestionably went from a bat to an intermediate host to start an epidemic and a pandemic that resulted in 8,000 cases and close to 800 deaths. It would have been almost a, a dereliction of our duty if we didn't study this and the only way you can study these things is you've got to go where the action is but he continues to insist gain-of-function research was not sanctioned by his bureaucracy there was nothing in the grant application and or granting of the purpose of the grant and the description of the grant that would call for what is referred to as gain of function learning chinese today today's phrase is john cena is still a Senator Rand Paul proposed an amendment to a bill yesterday in the Senate that would ban gain-of-function research in China. We may never know whether the pandemic arose from the lab in Wuhan, but we do know that so far no intermediate animal host has been discovered. Thousands of animals at the wet market have been looked at. None of them have carried COVID-19. We've tried to infect COVID-19 into bats. It doesn't grow well in bats. It seems most adapted and suitable for humans. We may not know whether this ever arose out of a Wuhan lab, but I think gain-of-function research, where we take a deadly virus, sometimes much more deadly than COVID, and then we increase its transmissibility to mammals is wrong. In 2014, NIH stopped all of this research. I'm using the same definition to say any gain-of-function research should not be funded in China with U.S. taxpayer dollars, and I recommend a yes vote. Thank you. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed, nay. It seems as if the ayes have it. 
Speaking of Rand Paul, during his recent interview with the water cooler, he said Dr. Fauci should be fired immediately. Furthermore, Paul says a suspicious package filled with white powder was sent to his home. The senator pointed to singer Richard Marks as a potential cause of the threat after the singer tweeted over the weekend, quote, I'll say it again. If I ever meet Rand Paul's neighbor, I'm going to hug him and buy him as many drinks as he can consume, end quote. In response to being called out by Paul, Marks, along with Stephen Colbert, released a parody music video mocking Rand Paul. It's not my fault that people hate you. An update on the masquerade, researcher Phil Kirpin outlines the first major ecological study of state mask mandates and usage rates. The research was carried out by the University of Louisville and found, quote, case growth was independent of mandates at low and high rates of community spread and mask use did not predict case growth during the summer or fall-winter waves. Going woke, going broke update, the PGA Championship crushed the NBA playoffs on Sunday, including the apparently highly anticipated matchup between the star-studded Los Angeles Lakers and Phoenix Suns. That game was the NBA's best performing of the day, drawing 4.4 million viewers, 2.2 million shy of the PGA Championship at 6.6 million viewers. A beverage chain in the Austin, Texas area called Juiceland has been forced to close five of its stores and limit the hours of others after employees for the company went on strike, demanding the company foster a more woke environment, hazard back pay for work during the pandemic, and hourly pay increases from $15 to $17 an hour. Juiceland had already bumped employee pay from $10 to $15 an hour in recent months as well. And finally, be more like this little girl. No more masks allowed. Okay, this is my last day of school. Look what I did. So, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm cutting the damn mask. Damn, Evie, it's a bad word. What? Damn. No, it's a bad word. It's an adult word. We don't say that word. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Omega XL. If you're struggling with chronic pain in the body, those are those aches and pains that don't go away in places like your back, knees, neck or shoulders. For me, it's a left hip flexor. If you're struggling with that, chances are the cause is inflammation. And you can use those topical rubs and stuff that you get at the store and they'll help alleviate the symptoms for a while, but they don't actually deal with what's causing them, which is why they keep coming back. It's because you got to confront that inflammation and that's where Omega XL, a product that I use each and every day, that's where Omega XL comes into play, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It's an all-natural aid weapon in the fight against inflammation in the body and if you want to give it a shot right now they're offering buy one get one free buy one bottle get a second one for free uh today when you go to omegaxl.com slash steve again that's omegaxl.com slash steve or give them a call at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 all right um so I was going to be on uh, the Glenn Beck show this morning with all the news breaking. We're now suddenly, it, it's almost like a call has gone out. I think I've, I've told you guys this before years ago when I used to do regular appearances on MSNBC. We were, we, one day I was on a panel and we discussed gun control. The next day I get on to get a panel and I'm, they're all talking and stuff in my ear and suddenly the lingo had just changed to gun violence. Like just, they had a, like a, it was a, you know, um, 
like, like they say in the movie Boomerang, you got to coordinate, got to coordinate. They had like all down in like one day. Like it got fed from the mouth of the river down to the rest of the bodies of water and all the tributaries out there. And everybody was right on a script. And so every time we ever discussed gun issues from that time forward, we were no longer discussing gun control. It was gun violence. You're watching that, you know, and over the years, Rush used to do that. Remember the gra the famous Gravitas montage he did during the uh, the 2000 election, where, where uh, Bush needs a nominee with Gravitas. Remember they used to play these montages, and they were the media and and, and and Democrats. But we repeat ourselves, just were all saying all the same things, like they were being spoon fed agitprop talking points, right? It seems as if someone has been given the Ray Bradbury, something wicked, this way comes, heads up. Because the entire narrative, we, now we saw this two weeks ago on masks, right? We went from quadruple mask your kid when you send him to John Travolta boy in the bubble summer camp to, oh, I'm at masks and we don't know who's vaccinated anyway, so I guess no more masks. And uh, anyway, uh, new science. Now, folks, I'm just telling you right now, the only science in all of human history that's ever evolved this fast is political science, if you're picking up what I'm laying down. We're doing this again now on the origins of the virus. Suddenly. Suddenly, Billy Ocean, life has new meaning to me. There's beauty up above and things we never take notice of, you know, like a week, a leak in a virology lab in Wuhan that you were previously banned and shunned for discussing openly, right? I just love that in the show that you say may get us banned, you worked in a Billy Ocean reference. That's well, I thought on the way out the door, someone needed to acknowledge if, one of the more underrated 80s musical figures. If you start right? singing Caribbean Queen, I'm going to swoon. <laughs> hey, get out of my car, Todd, and get into my life. Is that good enough for you? I'll right, take it. That's enough Billy Ocean now for Evs. Okay, but the the call has gone out. Aaron noted in his montage, Fauci taking another step towards if I did it territory. He took another one this morning uh, after I could even get that right. one in the montage. Right. Hmm. Folks, I work in this industry. I've worked with and against the people doing the other kind of media before. The call has gone out because something wicked this way comes. The call has gone out. Got to get out ahead of this. Start gaslighting and retconning this now. We don't even have an Overton window, so maybe we won't get banned for this, what I'm about to say. We don't even have an Overton window on the topic, it seems, right now. When we were compiling Fauci and Bargain, all right, so Todd came up with the initial topics for the chapters that we thought we had to we had to make sure we're included. And when, when he said Wuhan lab, the, there needs to be a chapter on the Wuhan lab, I was like, I agree. But then I really wrestled with what to put in that chapter. And I don't know if you can tell reading that chapter if you've read the book, and, and we are now at 100,000 copies sold of this book, so thank you. I mean, I'm just blown away by that. Okay, thank you. But when I was writing that chapter... I wrote that chapter much tighter and circumspect than I wrote all the other chapters. And there's not, there's almost no conjecture anywhere in the book anyway. We, we tried to stay away from that. The only real conjecture in the book is a third party, the Veritas chapter. 
we kind of just stuck right to what's the data and the data show. But if you read the chapter on the Wuhan lab, I left you some breadcrumbs to connect dots with. But I didn't want to go so far as to connect those dots. One, I could be wrong, and I didn't want that to happen. Two, I could be right, but ahead of my time, which would then open us up to be discredited and therefore discredit the rest of the book. But I left you a few little breadcrumbs in there, things like right before we went to print, the folks at Judicial Watch and Daily Caller had won a year-long uh, freedom of information action against the feds to finally get a hold. It took them nearly a year to get this information, but they finally got a hold of over 300 pages of communications between Fauci's bureaucracy and China. Included in those communications were clear attempts to curtail confidentiality to favorable terms to the Chinese, and also included details of a preliminary epidemiological analysis of COVID-19 that the World Health Organization did that the world doesn't know about. It was confidential. But they did run out right around that time and tweet, I think the tweet is even still up, that the Chinese assure us there's no human-to-human -human transmission of the coronavirus. That was in January of 2020. Now, I just put that in the chapter. Didn't offer any other explanation. Just dropped it in there. I dropped in another piece of information. The term gain of function, you're all, we're all learning what this means now, right? And this is essentially burning a village to save it. That's essentially what gain of function research is. You create the potential of a catastrophe in the hopes that you have it contained in a sterile and um, contained environment so that you can avoid that event if it ever happens in the future by being prepared. At least that's the innocent explanation. But we point out in our book, which again, this is a documented detail, the former head of China's bioweapons program is who was in charge of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Note to self, don't do dangerous research thousands of miles away with the only country that can challenge your superpower status who appointed the former head of their bioweapons program in charge of the institution. Can I get a second on that? Seconded. Is that as unanimous as Rand Paul's vote was yesterday? Indeed. Probably a bad idea, right? That's in the book. Again, we didn't connect any dots. I just dropped that in the chapter. And then there's a term. In fact, I had forgotten about it. I reread this chapter before going on Glenn's show this morning just to make sure I didn't get ahead of my... Because you put two guys like Dace and Beck together where we both have a tendency to start trying to connect dots and and wish cast what the next step in a story is, we can get, get the two of us doing that together, man. That feedback loop, we'll get everybody banned. No one will ever, the blaze will be incinerated. A missile will arrive from Silicon Valley and incinerate every show that's ever aired on this process, right? So I, I wanted to make sure I read our chapter again so I didn't do that, all right? So Glenn and I didn't feed each other's fanciful notions. And I came upon a term I had forgotten about, spillover potential. What is spillover potential? It's, the, it's a fancy term for the study of, a, of the potential of a virus to mutate from animal to animal to animal to human. The United States, that's us, we gave over $7 million to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to conduct that kind of research. Now's the part where I go Cameron Buck Williams on y'all because someone has to. Because we're being retconned now. Uh, well, um, uh, we wanted to cover this, but uh, we just, uh, Trump wouldn't give us any intel. 
I saw one prominent White House reporter say that yesterday. All, all the excuses are out now. Don't let them get away with it. They're only doing this for one reason. They got to get out ahead of the truth because it ain't on their side. Like, are you shocked now to learn that CDC basically ended the masquerade? Most of it. It still goes on in some school districts and places around the country. But much of the, ma we can at least say the masquerade's been mortally wounded. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Any, do you think maybe they had any idea that there was going to be a study coming from the University of Louisville a week later that included last winter's data, by the way. So we're into seasonality. That's the key part of that Louisville study is it included this past winter. Because so we went through the cold flu pneumonia season and still what did we find? Our mitigation efforts, particularly the one that had the most religious zealotry, the mask hole, the talisman, did nothing. Because airborne viruses, the wind blows where it blows. We all have to breathe and it's seasonal. That's what that study's showing you. I'm sure no one at CDC had any... I'm sure they woke up this morning shocked to learn the University of Louisville had a study out shows that masks don't work. I think they might have known about that before us. Certain of it. Yeah. Funny how they got ahead of that, didn't they? Yeah. So why are they so interested in getting ahead of this story now? Well, one of the questions you may have is, why would you do this gain-of-function research? It seems so dangerous. Why would you do it? And a lot of institutions are against it, particularly respected ones like Johns Hopkins. They, I believe, helped to lobby the Obama administration to end that research. And President Obama did order Fauci's parent bureaucracy, Francis Collins NIH, to cease doing gain-of-function research in 2014. It began again in 2017. I have not been able to figure out how or why. I found I've, I've, I've discovered and I've no order from the Trump administration said, yeah, keep doing this again. I wonder if they just decided, hey, new administration transition bureaucratic. We can kind of slip this under the bureaucratic uh, uh, net won't get noticed. I, I don't know what precipitated precipitated, I should say, a restart of this in 2017, but it did. I guessed a while back and I'll say it again if you want me to. Not yet. So. The reason they were doing the gain-of-function research, I believe, was to study the spillover potential. And maybe the reason why, as Rand Paul noted in Aaron's montage, you can't, we can't find the host animal. The intermediate horseshoe bat that they originally claimed was the animal that uh, invaded the Wuhan wet market. It nests over 600 miles away from Wuhan, China. Over 600 miles See, I believe if you connect some dots now. I've been hesitant to do so. I'm going to do so today. I believe that the gain-of-function research was to study the spillover potential. That was the motivation. But in order to study that, you would have to create an event. We would not know what causes a virus to go from an animal to a human. Only a few ways. One of them would be to cause a virus to go from an animal to a human. That would be one of the ways. I'm not saying it's the way. I don't know that for sure, but it would be one of only a few options you would have, right? Yeah. To cause that yourself. Before we went on the air today, I asked a question on Twitter. And the question I asked was, so let me get this straight. 
We did years and years and years of this dangerous gain-of-function research in order to gauge the spillover potential of another SARS virus because that's what the that's the, the 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 motivation we're being fed was. Well, we didn't want to get ambushed by a second SARS. This is really the SARS two coronavirus. For over a decade, they worked to get a vaccine for the first SARS, and they could not. They eventually gave up, and the first SARS just essentially went away. But they did this research to cause this spillover potential in order to get out ahead of a potential second SARS outbreak. And for over a decade, they could not generate a vaccine for the first SARS with the help of research like this. For over a decade, they couldn't do it. And that was with that virus weakening, mutating, evaporating. But they could use that research to come up with a, a, a vaccine for this in less than a year. Huh. That begs some questions, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like maybe the reason you were able to do this in less than a year is you caused it. But I don't want to speculate. That, that would be crazy. Nuts. Or you knew of the accident ahead of time. And we're trying to get out ahead of this to clean up your own mess. Again, I don't want to, I don't want to go nuts here. But it is odd that years and years and years of this research led to no breakthrough for a vaccine for the first SARS, which was far deadlier, by the way. It led to no vaccine for that in over a decade but it yielded a vaccine for this one in less than a year. Huh. That, that's weird to me. Aaron. I mean, one possible explanation is that, well, we've been working on these new mRNA vaccines for uh, 10 to 20 years now, which then begs the question as well, if we've been working on mRNA vaccines, then why was gain-of-function research? Why was it needed then? Needed, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't take away from the fact that you still are the you still are saying you had to do this research to get out ahead. Of, you saw that in the clip that we played of Fauci. This was being done to get out ahead of a second SARS. Derelict in our duty. Yes. Yeah. How come it didn't yield any breakthrough with the first SARS? How come it didn't? How come, as we have noted on this show for the last year, Fauci has denied virtually every established precedent of virology, immunology, and biology? There's a massive study that I tweeted out earlier today looking at long-term natural immunity of SARS-2 coronavirus and shows that it's robust. Some of it may even, on some level, last for a lifetime. Yet, we're continually denied any of these natural scientific precedents from our nation's leading infectious disease expert. Could it be because he at least suspects, if doesn't directly know that the virus is not an entirely natural phenomenon. What other explanation 
What other explanation makes sense? You could come up with other explanations. Ego, they wanted to win the last. You could come up with the last election. Those things could even be subplots that feed into this. And, and that would be a plausible theory if we didn't know about the gain-of-function research and if we didn't know about the spillover potential, right? Yeah. But since now we do know about that, I don't think those explanations... I don't think those craven explanations rise to the occasion. I don't think they're good enough with, with that piece of evidence. I think we need something bigger than that. And it would be the knowledge or at least the suspicion that the virus is not a natural phenomenon or at least not entirely one. I believe he's believed this or suspected it all along. I believe it explains his about face on March 11th, as we talk about in Fauci and Bargain. I believe it explains all of the duplicity and flip-flops that we have chronicled for the last 15 plus months on this show. And they have been looking for a narrative to justify this ex post facto, to retcon or reverse engineer an explanation because their hands got caught in the cookie jar. They were partnering on this research or with that lab and either knowingly knew what the risks of doing so and who they were doing business with or more likely didn't know but just trusted them because, you know, the Shycoms are our friends. John Cena says so. You know, I love to talk about Built Bar, particularly after I just had one, which I did during the last break. And if you want to take advantage of the absolute best tasting protein bar of all time and the nutritious, the most nutritious candy bar, I mean, it's not officially that, it just tastes like one, the most nutritious candy bar ever fits into low carb, low sugar, low fat, whichever healthy lifestyle you're into, or you just want to have a good tasting uh, snack that has nutrition and doesn't make you feel guilty, whatever the case may be, they've got you covered at Built Bar, all of their flavors covered in real chocolate, all healthy, all nutritious, all delicious. And if you want to try it right now, 15% off your first order or your next one. If you want to go back again for seconds, 15% off your first or next order. When you go to builtbar.com, try the brand new white chocolate covered birthday cake one. It's on its way. I've not tried mine yet, so I can't give you a review, but builtbar.com promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, builtbar.com promo code DACE, get 15% off your first or next order at builtbar.com promo code DACE. I want to continue with the conversation we were just having, but now I want us to take a couple of steps back and add context to the moment we were in at the time. And I want to lay out for you two scenarios and you tell me, given this context, which is more likely. In 2017 and 18, China was involved in a trade war against the United States of America. Some of it was real. Some of it was bluster because, well, that's Donald Trump. There's definitely some substance there and there's definitely some bluster there. And it's up to us sometimes to 
uh, wade through to figure out which is which and where one line ends and the other begins, right? But there was clearly bluster, but there was also no question on some level he landed some punches against them. And it's been one-sided in their favor towards this country, basically, since they received most favored nation status under the first President Bush. So you're going back decades now. So they're being threatened in a trade war against their real only economic opponent. Their only real superpower rival on the planet. That's happening on one hand. On the other hand, in 2019, massive protests and disruptions broke out in Hong Kong, China's chief financial district. People demanding civil liberties be acknowledged, observed. These two events are taking place and are really the first even attempt, who knows how successful they really were, but they were the first real attempt to loosen the iron grip of power that the CCP had had in that country and in that region, really, since Tiananmen Square. Now you're going back again, decades. In this environment, suddenly, a bat that we haven't found and cannot verify and have not been able to duplicate any other way in the lab, but it nests in caves 600 miles away from Wuhan, China, arrives in a wet market. Gnaws on, I believe it was a pig, correct? I think so. And then that, that animal was then consumed and the bat by human, and that bat hopped from animal to human, even though, again, we've been able to replicate this nowhere, find it nowhere else in any wet market, anywhere else. And this all just seemed to happen right when China is feeling cornered for the first time in a long time. It ends up leading to a shutdown of the global economy, including the U.S. economy, which had been roaring at a clip we had not seen since the dot-com boom. And that's even with Trump and Democrats spending, and the Republicans too, everybody, spending way too much government money. But the economy was doing so well, it was actually outgrowing the amount the government was growing at the same time. We had the first real increase in median family income in this decade, in, in this country in decades. Uh, we were, Canada had threatened to take away the status as the most wealthy middle class in the world. We were confronting that. All the trend lines were up. Consumer confidence, sky high. Lowest minority unemployment since we've been keeping the stat in American history. On top of that, U.S. had had unprecedented success in the Middle East, where most of the world's energy comes from, including a lot of most of China's. Peace deals, recognition, UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. And while all this is going on, a bat... We cannot trace, find, duplicate, replicate, confirm. Arrives from 600 miles away in a wet market in the same major metropolitan city where the viral, not just, by the way, one viral institute, I believe there's three in this town. And this just happens to happen, just happens to shut everything down. Puts in place the very narrative that justifies the president's political opponents. 
being able to deploy and implement the very mail-in voting scheme they've been trying to get done for decades, but we have been able to defeat them on. In fact, we were trending in the other direction. Over 30 states had passed voter ID laws instead. Big tech oligarchs in places like Silicon Valley, which were already deeply embedded in business with the Chinese, helping them, like Google is, develop their own social credit system, decided to clamp down on any information that didn't fit a certain window. And again, this is just all coincidental. Anything that, even if the president himself says, I've seen I've seen intel that, that, that disputes the, 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 the virus's didn't come from a lab it did somebody you haven't heard of is immediately on cnn and every other network in five minutes to say this is just totally completely discredited and all the headlines are done ready to roll go you don't know what you're talking about again this is just all coincidence they couldn't develop a vaccine for the first sars in 10 plus years almost 15 years of trials couldn't do it but they could develop a vaccine for the second one, which isn't even done mutating, hasn't even really ceased its first wave. But they were able to do that in real time in less than a year. Hmm. That's the narrative. That's the corporate media narrative, right? Yes. The ch is that the chain of events I just laid out, the corporate media narrative? Yes. And that all these things occurred and they were just all either coincidental or simply cause and an effect. Yes. But but random in nature. Yes. Right? Like a single-celled protein and amino acid just one day collided in the cosmos. And that is what trillions of years later led to these things we call humans with trillions of cells that are now maybe the only intelligent life we've confirmed in all of the universe. Right? A lot like that. A lot like that. So you could choose to believe that narrative. I don't know, man. I don't have the faith for that. I, the amount of assumptions I have to make, I'm an Occam's razor guy, okay? The amount of assumptions I have to make to follow that primrose path, I, I just, I don't have enough, I, 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 I ain't got that level of faith in me. I'm sorry, I just don't. Sorry, not sorry. Especially when it requires a lot fewer assumptions to believe the other option. Which is, with that unprecedented challenge to its hegemony, and either because they leaked it, or the momentum against the country was already going against it, and this is just the kind of thing that happens when momentum's going against you, that this is when the accident occurred and it got out. And then the rest of everything we have been we have been told or seen ever since is just frankly a lie. And that's why none of the PPE works. That's why social distancing doesn't work. It's why the masks don't work. It's why we suddenly denied all the science we knew about those two endeavors for decades upon decades. In fact, it takes me le less assumptions. To come to the conclusion, looking at all these events, it takes less of an assumption to believe that the Chinese were manufacturing a bioweapon specifically to target the elderly. I mean, go look at the pathologies of Hong Kong flu, Spanish flu, and polio. 
far even how about the flu far less discrimination by demographic obviously the older and more frail you are the more vulnerable but the lines of demarcation with this virus are stunning like complete and total statistical insignificance until you hit a certain age and then we go then we just wipe out you know a quarter of the population of our nursing homes frankly it takes me less of an assumption to believe that the shycoms who are already already determining at life's beginning who gets to be born in their country. And we're not having, we don't need any more girls. They can't be soldiers as good as the men. They can't do things we, can, we want the men to do. We don't need any more girls, so kill them. That's their viewpoint, right? Yeah. Okay. Is it, it, how many, what takes more assumptions to believe the chain of events I just laid out, I laid out for you, which all are facts. These things all occurred, but they all occurred randomly just randomly, in a vacuum. Or that a government that we have a documented proof already determines who gets to live at the beginning stages of life. Also created a bioweapon that got rid of what's the next stage of life of people that they would view as um, insufferable, um, uh, drains on the system, the elderly. Yes. But they designed a virus that uniquely dis destroyed elderly populations. What takes, less of an, what takes less of an assumption? Believing that or believing all those events happened that I just laid out, all handum happened randomly. I kind of think it takes a lot less of an assumption to believe the second option. It takes like no assumptions at this point to believe the virus leaked from a lab and now we're only debating how or why. In the course of my career, I've been, particularly because I got burned doing it early on, I have been hesitant about pushing on the motivations of people because over the course of my career, it's when I've done probably some of my best but also worst work. I don't like that level of variance. Right? I'm not into that. So I tend to stay away from it, particularly because most of the time, whether it is malevolence or, or just dumbassery, the end result is the same anyway, sure. right? This would not be one of those times. We must know the motivations here, and not just of China, but of our own officials, Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins. In fact, we have to start with them probably because we have a, a lot more direct leverage over them than we do, obviously, the Shycoms at this point. I mean, they were prospecting the guy we elected president just a couple of years ago. Okay, so I have no idea what leverage we have with them at this point, but we certainly do over Fauci and Collins. And we need a 9-11 style tribunal. We need answers to motivations because it's the motivations that actually now led to all of this. And so we need to know what those motivations were. So I ask you, which option requires the fewest assumptions, Mr. Occam? All those events just randomly happened in order, and it's just simple cause and effect. Or they didn't. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Well, 
you might be asking, well, just that's a big gamble by China, you know, be making yourself arch enemy of uh, the entire world. Was it? Was it really? Because they have reasons, as Steve just laid out, and I agree wholeheartedly for a great reset. But the, the uh, progressive left here has been trying to push its great, great reset forever. It's done it with climate change. It's done it in the last couple of years before we get to COVID with gender. It, China knew this, knew we were primed and ready for this. But then all of a sudden, this guy called Donald Trump comes along. Just as Steve said, and, and really threw them off their game. And there was just sim- there was simply a moment in time where two great resets with different, perhaps vastly different uh, motivations, but motivations nonetheless to terraform reality as they knew it permanently. Sometimes there's just a moment where it's all in. And both sides, I think, again, whatever the motivations were, perhaps very different, knew that this was an all-in moment. It doesn't mean they were working in concert, but you'd be damn naive not to see that the uh, cosmic tumblers clicking in place here way beyond just happenstance. I think there's also another possibility, but it's not really another possibility. We've, we've talked about divine judgment. That, that could be one. But it really, I don't think, makes much of a difference to the theory that you laid out, one way or another. This is a whole lot of reaping and or sowing and reaping going on here, one way or one way or another. Um, Todd's point about two equal uh, forces trying to claim and create their own great reset accidentally working in tandem with one another, I, I don't think you can discount that either. Whatever, whatever happened, whether it was an accident, which is still, um, I think that's still more likely than um, the, the spillover potential or the spillover narrative that we've seen, or whether it was actually designed in a lab. Whatever the case was, it doesn't change our reaction to it as a people, fundamentally. Now, if it becomes mainstream that this was nefarious, or at least some aspect of it, maybe the theater aspect of it that we saw from China early last year in February, if that does become mainstream, then that could, that could tip a lot of people. Because a lot of people who have thought they've been acting altruistically in the West over the last year, we're all in this together, now see that this was actually, at least in some part, nefarious activity from China. That could be, that could be some sort of tipping point. Or we might just be too far gone, which is why we need to continue to push these uh, to push these buttons and to ask these questions as well. Um, because one way or another, something like this is going to be attempted again to finish the job. Because the spirit of the age doesn't do half measure. Right now, I think we're still out of half measure. We'll play buy seller hold next. With Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. 
at Steve Day Show, and then look for me as well on MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Look for um, video clips of the program uh, at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And if you are a podcast listener, we're looking for you if you haven't done these two things yet to please hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a five-star review. Please do those two things. They help the show continue to grow. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. We greatly appreciate it. At the bottom of the hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will join us. First, though, let me tell you about Freedom Project Academy. If you're tired of being sick and tired, particularly if you live in a place like Oregon, for example, Washington State, and you're looking for options for your kid not to be a Chinese face diapered while you subsidize it, a Chinese face diapered ward of the state who will grow up one day after you allowed his indoctrination to then help them imprison you for your beliefs. If you don't want that to happen to you, then check out our friends at Freedom Project Academy. They have mastered live online learning. Our son Noah did this for several years. It's built on Judeo-Christian values a classical curriculum, which means they teach the mastery of subject matter and critical thinking, not what to think, but how to think and not propaganda. This is the way that the generations that forged, founded and maintained this country. This is how they were educated. This is the lost art we're looking for, for an informed citizenry. I know the people that helped start this school and run it now. I would highly recommend you check them out. Get a free pamphlet today so that your kid is not the next to be dumbed down. At freedomforschool.com, again, get more information. Find out if it's right for you in the fall at freedomforschool.com. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold, one of our more popular segments each week. And Aaron will throw at you and I, Todd, a, a series of statements, predictions, lists, etc. You and I, no topic is off limits. Uh, just don't be dumb. You and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? And then maybe... We have a good reason why. Once per show, you are permitted to put a hold on um, a, a stipulation because it's just, it's too lame. It's too lame to even contemplate. But if you do that for any reason other than that, then you have violated the dude code and you will be forced to memorize all of baseball's unwritten rules in Chinese. Is that good? I won't be holding today. <laughs> right. Aaron, go ahead. Oh, uh, now for something completely different. Bob has the top five greatest John Hughes movie scenes. Oh, boy. Number five, Weird Science, Kelly LeBrock emerges from computer. I've never seen that movie. I'm, I'm okay with that one. Uh, yeah, you well, yeah. yeah. Won't yeah. get any arguments out of me. Yeah. Uh, number four, Home Alone, pizza delivery gag. That is a great scene. That's Yeah, I mean, that's not just a great John Hughes scene. That's considered... Um, leave the change, a filthy animal. I mean, that's yeah. considered one of the greatest movie scenes of any genre. So that has to be on the list. Agreed. What's the cutting room floor of this list going to be like? I mean, John Hughes, man, dude. <laughs> yes. Number three, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ferrari scene. There's a few scenes with the Ferrari. I was going to say... I guess maybe the first... I was going to say yeah. him singing on the float uh, is yeah. Yeah. iconic I mean, as well. There's, but, there's probably four or five yeah. scenes you could use in Ferris Bueller's, but... That is, but it, had, it would have to be somewhere on the list. You almost couldn't go wrong picking a scene just as long right. as it was on the list. So I, I'll buy. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Number two, planes, trains, and automobiles. Neil brings Dell over for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's that's a good scene. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in the top five scenes. I, I'm going to sell on that one. 
I don't think it's even one of the best scenes in the movie, actually. The best scene in the movie is the rental counter scene. All right, that's well, the best scene of the brings movie. Brings him home for Thanksgiving. That's the end of the that's movie. That's the very end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is a touching, very touching scene. Uh, yeah, but... Um, it's I wouldn't call it iconic, so it's too high on this list. So I'll sell just because it's too high, but it is a very moving scene. I wouldn't even put it on the list. I'm going to sell. I don't think it even belongs on it. Bitter, bitter man. We, we had a movie list, and I've seen every one except for, for one. It's, 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 well, what was number one? Uh, number one was, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Number one is uh, Breakfast Club uh, Bender Fist Bump. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that, but I I feel like we're missing a movie here. Oh, we're missing tons of movies. That's what Okay. I mean, if we're going to put the, this is where I'm going to remind people that I grew up as a pagan teenager. Okay. But guys, if if we're going to put the most iconic scenes of a John Hughes film, on a list. 16 candles where they're watching that chick take the shower <laughs> and they're just like jealous. The other two girls, Molly Ringwald and her friend are just beyond jealous, right? Okay. That's that's gotta be in there somewhere, right? That's a classic. And and first of all, 16 I candles think- has to be there's no long duck donger, the donger? I think oh, we're gonna oh, do oh. iconic scenes of John Hughes oh, films yeah. and well, the dong. The, we're, dude, see, more the don- Asian more Asian discrimination. Are you kidding me? Okay. The donger absolutely belongs in there. But there's lanes here. Kelly LeBrock takes Already care takes of, that lane. Yes. All right. If you prefer that scene so we can get weird science in there, I'm okay with it. But then there needs to be some... Rep- We're all about representation here on this show. Of course. There's got to be some representation of 16 Candles somewhere on that list, right? Uh, yes. And like so, that. you know, it's it's either... Um, what's his face? Um, uh, the kid... Um, I can't remember his name now. Asking Molly Ringwald for her panties to show his friends. Oh, okay. Anthony Michael Anthony, Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, thank you. Or it's the donger. It's the donger. Yeah, okay. There has to be 16 candles on the list. So I, I have Blaine's Trains and Automobile scene has to go. And something and something from the donger with 16 candles so has to be on the list. you're taking out a very touching scene and putting it, uh, replacing it with the donger? This is the Steve Day show. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, next, Tim. Top five World War II movies slash miniseries on the European front. Uh, number five, The Dirty Dozen. Okay. That's a classic film. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, number four, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. That's just a phenomenal movie. Have you ever seen it? Uh, I, I have not, but I know uh, my kids have. Uh, it, th- they love it. It's a phenomenal film. Yeah. I'm okay with it being on the list, yeah. Number three, Schindler's List. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be on the list. In fact, it should be higher than three. Number two, Saving Private Ryan. You guys know what I think. I think the movie. I don't. I, I don't. I think the movie's overrated. That's a, not yeah. a good take. I, I love the the opening scene is phenomenal. After that, it really strikes me as an attempt to Vietnam World War Two, cynical, nihilistic, whiny. Um, it kind of just you know makes it seem like the the valor cause is lost at that point in time. Um, it it I, I, the movie bothers me. After the opening scene, the movie bothers me. I, but I agree it needs to be on the list, so I'm okay with it, okay? But I would put Schindler's List higher. And number one, Band of Brothers. To me, are missing one. This that has to be. The, the movie I'm about to put that back up there, Aaron. It's not modern, right? It's all time. Okay. All and time. I, I've not seen Band of Brothers. I know I need to. Me too. I'm in okay. the same thing. But I, but I know so many people who have that. I'm just putting it on there in a, you know, as mm-hmm. a proxy because I just, so many people whose opinions I respect love it. 
the longest day has to be on there somewhere, which is the film about D-Day. The longest day has to be on there, I think, somewhere. So you just have to decide what, what comes off that list. But the longest day, I think, has to be on there somewhere. Yeah, good list so far. Yeah. Really fun. Agreed. Yeah. Next up, we've got 79 model Chris, uh, who says... SB 7072, the Florida law signed on Monday by DeSantis is really a combination of a shot across the bow of big tech to not screw with the uh, gubernatorial election down there next year and an effort to get big tech censorship issue before SCOTUS. I think that those are ancillary benefits. Yes. Um, and I'm totally, absolutely fine and OK with it. Uh, I think we need to do more crafting of legislation to directly challenge judicial precedent. I've argued this for how many years? Since, since y'all, as long as y'all have known me, I've argued this on the life issue. We've started doing it in recent years with uh, heartbeat and personhood bills. And now all of a sudden, lo and behold, turns out I was right. Not because I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm just not a sellout. Because I kept asking like pro, some uh, uh, pro-life... Uh, uh, pro-life leaders early in my career what we want we have to overturn Roe to end this right you say yeah then shouldn't we crafting legislation that would then actually challenge Roe no instead we should do if you wear white after Labor Day walk backwards and click your heels three times and say there's no place like home and the Republicans can get elected uh, saying they're pro-life we're doing that bill idiot you don't know politics purist right those are Mm -hmm. those are the arguments I got for 10 plus years which told me told me then oh these people are just whores they don't want to do these bills. Right. Now, this has changed. And in the last five, six years, we've crafted several pieces of legislation on the life issue. Liz Wheeler was talking about this yesterday that have now actually called Roe into question. And lo and behold, later this year, the court will take a bill out of Mississippi that calls Roe into question. Right. Yes. So I'm totally fine with crafting legislation specifically to spark fights in the judicial branch. And now I would prefer that we also had governors and mayors that went all the way with interposition and just said, you know, if the court tries to get me to do something that's clearly unconstitutional or immoral, I'm not doing it, period. But to me, this is a step to getting there, right? At least now, if we're going to operate within a framework of judicial supremacy, then you, you I mean, then you, you, you can't have, see, it, it's what's going on in our economy. We're trying to do China, Venezuela style policies without command economy. So China and Venezuela, they don't have a juice land. You know, Aaron pointed out, uh, you know, the, the woke company that's going broke now, pay us $20 an hour. There's, there's no like alignment of manufacturers at some Chinese microchip plant demanding they get a living wage. You know what happens if you do that in China? Line up. They line you up out back and demand that you're no longer living. Mm-hmm. That's what they have. So, they, that, so how about... The wage we pay you or living, those are your options. Living wage, not on the table. And so since you can treat your people like chattel, you can do these sorts of monstrous government endeavors and have it not really impact your bottom line at all. Because let's just say your labor costs are low and instantly replaceable, if you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. Okay. We don't get to do that. So we're going to do the monstrous China-level government intrusions but then we're going to get really wokey and pay people $25 an hour for work in the kiosk at Juiceland. That's the worst of both worlds. We, we, we can't do that. 
Aaron, put that proposition back up. Here's how this ties to this proposition. If we're going to live in a world of judicial supremacy, if that's what we're going to do, then we can't not craft legislation that doesn't challenge judicial precedent and then tell everybody you're forever bound by really poopy judicial precedents, right? Right. That's the worst of both worlds. So we do, we're, we're doing, we've, as, the, as, as a movement on the right, we have done, we have done on, on the judicial branch what the Democrats and the left have done on the economy for several decades. The worst of both worlds. We will all live by binding forever judicial precedent, no matter how turdy it is, but then we will not craft legislation that would then one day, hopefully, after we appointed all these Republican judges, actually overturn said precedent, right? Right. So I'm totally fine with crafting legislation that is specifically done for the intent of begging this debate and begging the argument. Because if we don't do that, then you're get, then you then 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 it's the worst of everything, and that's the environment we've lived in the last few decades. And we're just now. At a point that Ron DeSantis clearly realizes, God bless him. Remember what I used to say about tariffs? And it wasn't really like Trump, some economic genius. He didn't care. It was a tool to play chicken with. And I uh, ultimately, the, it's become more right than ever. And it clearly threw China off balance. Yet here, here the left always has counted on the right. That's, and that this right that Steve has diagnosed year after year after year after year, who always... Have, says it wants to compromise, thinks it wants to compromise, is lying about it wants to compromise, but can never win that game because the other side increasingly realized that it it held all the cards emotionally and psychologically. And DeSantis, by doing these kind of things, is saying that is never going to play in any game that I'm involved with. This is fantastic. It is, and it is bringing right front and center the 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 it's the truth is the motivations of the left either they have to put them down because they can't they have always to get what they've wanted they've always have had to have the, the level of manipulation uh up until very very recently and steve's diagnosed that as well where it's only very recently that it's been a boot on the throat either useless yeah, you're and honest about all of yes this. yeah uh and so the only way to go is either Ron DeSantis's way or to give up and live in the communist China version that is going to increasingly take place in America. Didn't you just tweet that out? That that's one of the hidden truths of all this. If that that China came here, I think you just tweeted that a couple of days ago that we let we brought China here mm-hmm. in how we reacted to 2020. Well, Tom DeSantis says nope, not here in Florida, not while I'm doing business. Moving on, we'll go to Mike Leonard, who has this, which I think is really interesting and kind of out, left, out of left field. Fauci will claim that his funding of gain of function in China was a covert op because we knew China was planning on weaponizing the virus and this was our only way to monitor them and fight the disease. Fauci is now James Bond, our international spy and hero. I don't know if he'll go that far because that... I think one of the reasons, what, what they're trying to get out ahead of, let me rephrase that. The motivation for why they're trying to get ahead of this right now is to avoid a, a, a connection of dots and narratives that forces some form of a direct confrontation with China that we probably don't want to or have the balls to do and therefore clearly makes us look as a subser- makes us look weak and subservient 
which would cause them to lose virtually every election of significance in the country for the next cycle or two, if that were to happen, right? Yes. And so get out ahead of this now so that you can craft some middling thing. So it wasn't a bioweapon. It was a leak. It was an accident. Because if it's a bioweapon, that, that, yeah. the, all this, the stakes get raised, right? Yeah. And the American people are going to demand some recompense for that, right? But if it's an accident, we can chasten them. We can boycott a product. We can even maybe even slap a tariff on something, you know, stomp a sternly worded letter, get some economic concession. Okay. That, and, and they, and, and we can just move on. If it ever is confirmed as a bioweapon, all the stakes get raised and the people in power don't want to confront any of that because either A, they don't have any balls or B, actually prefer China to us. So, I don't think they'll go that far, but I will say bye because I do like the way that you are thinking, which is you're just taking the retconning to, they're, they're, th this will be put into some form of ra neatly bow-tied, wrapped up, worthy heroes, time to move on. Um, I mean, did you guys, we were talking about Gretchen Whitmer yesterday, yeah. right? Could she just gaslight her way right yeah, out of this? I know. Because her That's state why. now looks like Texas. That's why I'm buying what, this. Did you guys see the polling in California? No. I just laugh at all of you that wasted your time on all that <laughs> mental illness and lost your damn minds when I called you out for it. Majority of Californians don't want uh, Gavin Newsom recalled because optimism is, you know, they're reopening the state next month. Water finds its level. The dog returns to its own vomit. You want to beat Gretchen Whitmer, do not go get your own Whitmer-like character. And if you want to beat the, the literal spirit of the age insanity that has gripped California, you won't do it with your own symbol of it. This has been my TED Talk. Up next, we have Cal's Crabgrass, who says, by the end of 2021, the Fed cracks down on decentralized cryptocurrency because they know it's the only viable way around their currency manipulation. I have to hold. I said I want it, but... And here's why. I don't know enough to know if they can do that. I mean, isn't the purpose of these markets to get around this actual level of heavy-handed um, uh, regulation. I mean, weren't these markets created as a place to grow and place your wealth to escape as, an, as a rival economy of scale? Do they have that level of authority? Would it require a global... I mean, I would imagine there is a global, um, a global market, right, for this? So can they put their, I don't know enough to, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know enough to render a verdict on that. So I have to say, I, think I have we to need hold. a Jordan Schechtel overtime on this one. He's quite, he dabbles my, in it. My understanding of the ideology behind it is that it's not just economics, but ideologically, these things were created as alternative economies of scale to get around this level of government but, maneuvering and machinery. But what level of critical mass will allow or won't allow that to happen i you your economy of scale at a small localized level what have you i mean this was i remember this was big a decade back when i was at the register and there were some local millennials talking about it but w when would this become a threat that i think that's the fundamental and i don't even know what that means see i economic policy makes my eyes gloss over just generally speaking and then you enter this into the mix and i i know there's so much I don't know, but it, that seems to be the salient point. When is it a 
legitimate holistic threat. Like, like I agree that they would like to do what you are proposing. Okay. I just don't know jurisdictionally if what, what they could do. Like you're, you're, you're who was it oh. that sent that? Carl's crabgrass. All right. So Carl's crabgrass has directly um, diagnosed the motivations of your overlords. They would like to do things like that to things like this, whether you can do that or not, or as easily as you are articulating, just one entity puts its thumb on the scale. That I don't know of course, if it's possible. You're also assuming that legal and authoritative jurisdictions are even matter or relevant anymore. I mean, my goodness. I, should we talk I, about the I Constitution being yeah. a dead letter? I don't disagree with that either. Yeah. Moving on, we'll go now to James Swick, who says Disney firing Gina Carano for a far less offensive tweet then Mark Ruffalo's Israel genocide tweet is the price of freedom. I love the way you worded that. I'll buy, but buy. we all, the real reason, let's face it, we know this. Gina Carano was fired for stepping on the shibboleth of the tranny madness. That's why she was fired. Yep. Next up, we'll go to uh, Brickton Burke, who says Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes will be facing off two times a season until Rodgers retires. So meaning he'll, he'll this, to the Broncos. Yeah. yeah I'm going to sell. I don't believe he'll quarterback another game for the Packers. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw what happened. Did you guys see what happened at your OTA yesterday? Not, not only did receivers. he not show up, the top five wide receivers didn't come. And your head coach was asked flat out if they were doing this to make some kind of statement. He said he talked to them, but I don't know. I don't believe he's going back there where he goes instead that I don't know. Okay. I mean, they still have him under contract. They still have it under control. There's other teams that, you know, I, one thing I, I've, I've read today, or maybe I saw it on TV at the gym, the idea of the Ravens trading Lamar Jackson in a draft in a first round pick to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers, meaning the, 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 the you guys, you are given a franchise quarterback and, but the Ravens have a window right now to try to take another step right now. I could see a team we're talking about guys statistically top five, eight quarterback in the entire history of the sport. Now, we can debate whether in the playoffs he's been overrated or not. I would argue it's the other way, that he's actually been, as a, as a guy who's a fan of a team that plays them twice a year and knows them pretty well and doesn't, and doesn't have an emotional attachment like, say, you do, so I'm looking at it just mm -hmm. critically, those roster, there's been plenty of years those Packer teams kicked our ass, and frankly, I thought maybe we had the better roster. We just didn't have him. He's been he's been playing on a seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven roster most of his career, and taking those teams to eleven and five, twelve and four, thirteen and three, and the playoffs, and or one game from the Super Bowl over and over and over again. So I actually think it's the other way around, which means I think a market for him. I don't. I think it's, it's, it could be very, very unpredictable. A lot of organizations that you think right now they don't need a quarterback. They didn't need a quarterback until you know a guy who's a top five, eight quarterback of all time became available and was just MVP of the league. And now suddenly they do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's a chance to move up. So I, I'm I'd be very hesitant about predicting where he would go. So I'm going to sell. But I do think he will not play another game in Green Bay. I'm selling. I do think he will. It will play again in Green Bay because so much of this is so over the top and it would take an over the top trade like one you're talking about. They threw this out there a while back with um, the Seattle's quarterback, Russell Wilson as well. It would take something like that. The, 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 he's, he is, he's, he's a drama queen. He loves this. He loves the drama 
more, more than he has any salient argument. Now, the problem is because he's so shameless with all this, he's won the bet. He, he's won the bet with they're going to have to break on the, uh, the the management side with this. But it's it, it would take such an over to the top trade that that's exactly why, unless that happens, he's going to stay there. When you have your five receivers begging for him to come back, it's a sign that it's going to push in that direction, short of them getting something where they feel like they can't lose either way. Next up, Jim Stocker says the GOP base will have a massive turnout in 2022, winning the GOP, the House, Senate, and multiple governorships nationwide, at which point the base will become complacent and keep pressure on their elected officials. Is complacency something you're worried about? Buy, sell, or hold? I'm going to sell. Sell. I'm, I'm going to sell complacency. I'm, 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 I'm going to sell because you have a 2024. That's if we survive that long. Meaning that. No, I'm going to, I'm going to sell. Um, I'm far. I'm not worried. I'm actually not worried about complacency for the first time in maybe my entire career. I'm more f- concerned we fall for canards like uh, Bruce Jenner in our in our zealotry, but I'm really not that concerned about complacency. I'm not. Do I think that that will be the case with a lot of people in our industry? Yeah. But I'm way more worried about wasted energy. The yeah, energy will That's be what I mean there. about Bruce Jenner falling yeah, for yeah, canards, wasting yeah. our energy on a canard. I agree. Um, but our industry, if our industry was, was the tail wagging the dog here, Marjorie Taylor Greene would already be kicked out of Congress. Let, not doing standing room only events with Matt Gates, who we don't know, and is he, who, one day he is, one day he's not under federal investigation, or he's, the hell, I, that's the craziest damn thing I've ever seen in my life is that story. I don't even know what to think, so I don't, we don't ever talk about it. But, you know, most of the people that do what I do for a living would gladly throw Marjorie Taylor Greene. If, if, if Silicon Valley said, Marjorie Taylor Greene is what it takes for you to get um, top-level algorithm favor in your monetization models, we want her scalp, they would offer her up. They, they'd kidnap her themselves. But instead, I'm just telling you, that, that most of the people in my industry that I work with, including names a lot of you like, would gladly offer her scalp for Facebook algorithm favor. The problem is they're not really running the show anymore. You folks are, <laughs> all right? Yep. And that's why she's doing a tour with uh, with Gates where they're selling out and doing standing room only crowds. And every day we're being told, this is the day Matt Gates gets arrested by the, who the hell knows? But that just is indicative of the fact you guys are calling the shots now. I mean, this book didn't get number one because our platform could just do this. I just, hey, I got a new book out and everybody ran. And you made that happen. So um, I'm going to, I'm not, I agree with you. I'm not worried about complacency. I'm worried about canardery. It being that zealotry, zealousness being misplaced. Correct. Yeah. Next up, we'll go to Joe Stetz. Caitlyn Jenner is more manly than John Cena. So. <laughs> I love this though so much. I'm gonna buy. I just I'm gonna buy just I strictly. I mean, on it's a, an appropriate troll. I want to give you that Robert Redford, uh, Jeremiah Johnson gif, kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Bye. Next up, Rory says at least one Power Five college football team will refuse to play a game because their opponent is not fully vaccinated. 
Wow, I am torn. I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell because I'm not sure there will be any college football teams this year on the FBS level that are not fully vaccinated. I think there's a higher likelihood there won't be any teams not fully vaccinated than this will happen. So I will sell. But I also don't think this is nuts. Okay. You wait. You think most teams, if not all, will be fully vaccinated? I do. Yep. I do. Who I'm um then I'm I'm definitely selling. I'm selling because I I think there is increasing. Um, we just saw from our guest yesterday, uh, Andrew Boston, talking about the danger of the heart thing because of vaccines. Man, I don't know. Is that a game of roulette? Everybody's gonna play. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But for that to happen, the player activism yes, we've seen is going to have to swing that stick. Yes, it will. It will not happen organically. Yeah. Daniel Horowitz will join us next. Well, a good segue here because uh, the, I first heard about... Um, the Front Sight Firearms Training Institute by listening to our colleague Daniel Horowitz's podcast. He's going to be joining us here in a moment. It's the uh, premier firearms and self-defense training organization in the country run by uh, the Constitution coach himself, Rick Green. He's kind of the... uh, uh, the sidekick there with David Barton at Wall Builders, if you are familiar with their work. This is a family-friendly training program. Uh, they train about a thousand, up to 50,000 people every year at their 500-plus acre ranch uh, a few miles outside of Vegas. Uh, second to none training. You'll get plenty of training uh, physically with a firearm, with self-defense, but then also intellectually about your rights when it comes to self-defense uh, and the Constitution. And you can bring the whole family as well. The next training is coming up on June the 6th. If you would like to go, you can get 90% off of that training. Now, you take care of your accommodations and travel, but the training itself, they'll give it to you for 90% off right now if you register at constitutioncoach.com. Again, that's Constitution coach.com and here is the aforementioned prophet of low of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz good to have you back brother how are you i'm doing all right and steve i'm looking forward to seeing you out there at front side too we have we were just discussing that we are going to do that but we've got between the nefarious movie and, and aaron's got a baby we have to pres- conserve our time away from the show given those events but that is on our calendar to get out there at some point. You want to give them a plug since you're here? I mean, you've been out there several times yourself. Well, first of all, you're going to meet your audience. I've already met a number of them. Um, best people around. That's the best part of it, that you actually get to meet sane people. No COVID fascism there. Um, and it really is the best training because so many of us have this target practice mindset, You know, going to, going to the range and focusing on that. But we're not prepared for a defensive situation. Mm-hmm. That's really what I've learned, how to actually defend yourself in a gunfight. Good stuff, brother. Let, let's let's connect some dots. Okay. So I, I was doing this earlier today on the show. I did a little bit of this on Twitter, but I did more of it on the show here today. So two weeks ago, when it was clear to us anyway that the political narrative, they were losing it, but... We've pointed out they were losing the political narrative plenty of times in the last year plus. Didn't get them off message. What's one iota? One iota, right? They just 
kept plodding along with the lie. Yet there was something about this particular narrative that they couldn't afford to lose it. And so they 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 took an, an own goal, basically, on the mask issue out of nowhere. Well, now about a week plus later, we've got a study from the University of Louisville, which for the first time includes uh, the, the wintertime as well. So we got in, we're, now we're getting full-fledged in a seasonality, which basically just quantifies every Ian Miller graph we've ever tweeted or shared ever. The masks don't work. Almost like they wanted to get out ahead of the narrative, pointing out that masks don't work while they're being pointed, while they're also being used to point out why are vaccinated people wearing masks. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we are permitted to now openly speculate about the origins of the virus when for 15 months doing so would put you and your platform entirely at risk. I think someone has a heads up that something wicked this way comes on that front is coming. That some information, some confirmation of some form of information is coming. And everybody's trying to gaslight and retcon this thing now to get out in front of it and have their their most favored narrative at the ready to explain it away and cast themselves as the hero when the science evolves again. What are your thoughts, Daniel? Steve, I always marvel at the left on their ability to maximize their outcomes, even against adversity. So if Republicans... Uh, are staring down the barrel of a negative news cycle coming. They'll just drop everything and run. The left will only drop strategically what they feel they need to drop and even use that to kind of jujitsu their outcome the way they want. And I think they've done that as well here. Obviously, the lies were always going to be exposed um, I would add to that the six-foot um, aerosol stuff. Mm-hmm. They CDC dropped that as well recently. But they've done it in a gradual enough way that it hasn't really changed the minds and hearts of people. Um, and they're they're still keeping people under the thumb. As I mentioned last week, they are leveraging the masking against the vaccine uh, to have people get it. Um, and most people, at least in the blue states that that I'm in, they are still wearing it even if they don't have to. So to a large degree, they've been successful. So I think you're absolutely right when it comes to the Wuhan lab story. They want to um, admit the minimal amount of culpability that they have to in order to get out in front of it. So then when the truth gets out, it doesn't pack that punch, even if it's going to be more severe than what they're admitting to. Um, So I think that is the name of the game. But I do think we've been two weeks uh, since this drop of the mask mandate. And it's clear to me, it wasn't clear to me at the time whether they were going to completely run away from COVID fascism and, I don't know, focus solely on, you know, whites are racist or something like that, or they were just going to strategically shift the messaging and burden. And I think now it is more the latter because they really are keeping up a lot of the tyranny in many ways. When the when government has a controlling interest in one of the vaccines, is responsible for distributing the vaccines, and knows the percentage of Americans who are vaccinated— For example, the reason the government knows the murder rate is they know who was murdered or who did the murdering, right? So when they have a controlling interest in one of the vaccines, they're distributing the vaccines, and they know the percentage of Americans who are vaccinated. Um, Doesn't that mean that they know who is and isn't vaccinated, and therefore, why why do we need vaccine passports? It seems to me that... Whatever reasons they're for, that has nothing to do with tr- with honestly just knowing who's vaccinated and who's not. We already know that. Steve, Steve that was the honey trap with the dropping of the mask mandates. Uh, you know, th- th- and they'll drop it in the stores. I, I don't think they're necessarily going to have an apparatus in place to eventually 
enforce this stipulation that you can only drop it if you have the vaccine. But where it really matters in life is where you're in a place for a long period of time and have to wear a mask for a long period of time, either on an airplane or as an employer, employee, a worker, a working seven, eight, 10 hour shifts. They're leveraging it against kids in most places. Uh, they will have to get vaccinated in order to drop the mask. I, I Someone just sent us uh, uh, a letter from an Oregon school, but this is true even in less whacked out states. This is happening everywhere. And I think um, you're absolutely right. This is what I was warning about, that the vaccine passport is kind of like abolish the police or abolish ICE. It's a straw man. They're not going to do that in that way, but they're going to achieve the same goal um, by denuding the police. And in this case, uh, they will ensure that you cannot live a, um, you know, a normal productive life with access to goods and services without getting the vaccine. Um, and as you mentioned, they know, um, the states directly know who got it. So by default, they know who didn't get it. They want to look that up. And I don't know, Steve, but I, I, I don't think that the feds and the states are so concerned about sharing this type of information. Um, we're not talking about sex offenders and criminals here mm -hmm. where they would, you know, have a brick wall and Google would help out with that and, or, or, or block them from accessing the phones. They're not really concerned about privacy. The only privacy they're concerned about, I learned this week, is if you want to find out the immigration status of an illegal alien who raped an 82-year-old woman in Florida, then they'll tell the sheriff that there's a privacy law that says you can't put out that information to the media. Hmm. Good to know. Uh, for Flag that for future reference in case anybody else will be uh, checking on those kinds of details. So let's look at a couple of states. My former home state of Michigan, okay? Uh, suddenly Gretchen Whitmer now has, uh, the Dem is the Democrat Ron DeSantis. And this was going on in the last week or so, even before she got busted again, breaking another one of her rules. But they're getting rid of pretty much all their restrictions. Um, and when she got busted with, uh, with uh, exceeding the seat capacity at a restaurant table, she ended that restriction the day after she got busted. And we were discussing on our show the other day, could she really just gaslight and retcon her way like totally out of this like a year from now she's like because we're not having the michigan gubernatorial election this year we're having it next year so a year from now i mean i mean she's full throughout the first pitch at tiger games lions games it's great again what does it mean if she can successfully do that and lo and behold there's a poll out today that shows suddenly a majority of californians don't want gavin newsom recalled i mean Apparently, when you know, it didn't work again, throwing up somebody who's an absolute victim of the spirit of the age, like a Bruce Jenner is, as your mascot to try to defeat the spirit of the age, apparently has not captured the imagination of Californians. If those two governors survive, because Newsom is facing a reckoning later this year on a recall, Whitmer's in a far more purple state. Right. Trump just won it a couple in the last or two cycles ago. And Republicans have won statewide election for governor there recently. They still control the legislature there. So it's more of a swing state. But if Newsom in, in, in just a few months can imprison California for a year and a half, let them out and go from jailer to mosaic deliverer by September when that recall election is. And within a year, if Whitmer can have arguably the most absolute ridiculous lockdown in all of America, and then turn right around and lose more businesses than any state in the union lost, and then turn right around in a true swing state and get reelected. What does that say about what's going on in those two states? 
Steve, obviously there are two different states and, you know, California, we already know the answer to that. We know that it is literally impossible for a Democrat to lose an election there, uh, even if they're caught with a body in their trunk. As far as Michigan, what if the I think Republicans we'll find run out. a tranny? Is it still impossible? And I'm going to keep hammering this, by the way, because all the people that fell for this canard, I can't punch them enough. In fact, I haven't so, punched you again. You're still dumb. Go ahead, Daniel. So, Steve, I think the Michigan thing kind of proves your point, because in Michigan, there, you know, you should see some sort of movement against Whitmer. But I think the re the reality is you can't win with nothing. Um you know, we, we talk about all the blunders they make made with COVID, but then they still kind of power through it. Well, do you have a, a party with a sustained drumbeat and messaging every day pounding away at it? No, you have random people like us and Phil Kirpin and Ian Miller uh, doing that job. You don't have the apparatus of a party even to this day mm -hmm. pushing what we're pushing. A handful of them are talking about the Wuhan lab now, which is not even the main point um, that affects the, the lives of Americans. Um, you know, I've I've done a whole series this this week, not to get too sidetracked, about just the, the the nature of crime exploding a year after BLM. Who who is making that case? Who's running on that? So you're not going to change hearts and minds. That's the first half that that they're going to win by acclamation. No, I mean, we're we're sponsoring is, the George Floyd Act. Yeah, no, I we're mean that, that that's instead. what it is. So yeah. they're always going to vote for the real thing. I mean, Mike Pence used to say that himself before he kind of became a victim of that. And then there's the second half that, yeah, I do think qualitatively that the culture and social media and technology has rotted out the brains of Americans. And the capstone of that was the COVID fear mongering. People are destroyed. I mean, I will tell you, um, Baltimore County, Maryland's a pretty communist government, but they got rid of the mask mandate. I mean, even in the public libraries, uh, my wife. Told, tells me, I mean, I don't go anywhere because I'm working all day. She tells me when she goes places, she's often the only one without a diaper on. So what does that say? I don't know. I mean, I hear there's places in the country maybe where you are in Iowa mm -hmm. where it's not like that. But I think you have significant swaths of this country that are completely gone, which is why we need to completely rethink our modus operandi of, of where we're going to focus and and what is our end goal? Yeah, unless I, I unless you were trying to get on a plane in Iowa, I don't know that you would un recognize that anything with COVID or any mitigation was ever taking place or ever had happened. You think that's fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah? All right, so, Daniel, why don't I close? I got two minutes. I want you to answer a question for me. What was the yield of this gain-of-function research with spillover potential that's what it was done for, to study the potential of a spillover of a virus from an animal to a human. What did we gain out of it if it didn't yield? It, this went on for years. And all the years they tried to get a first vaccine to SARS-1, it got us nothing. No vaccines to the first SARS, which is a far deadlier virus. And so it, it didn't yield a vaccine to the first SARS in over a decade, but it yielded a vaccine to the second star, SARS in less than a year, before its true pathology is even in its initial wave, even completed yet. Give me the innocent explanation for that, Daniel. What's the innocent explanation? Because you know, I cannot think I really of one. I do think there is an innocent explanation. I, I'm, I'd love to hear um, it. Go ahead. I, I, uh, I look, I wouldn't put that past them. That might ultimately be the truth here. But I think Eric Swalwell explains it. I, I, I just think that I, I don't think there's a big calculation in what we do for China. I just think they call it in, um, whether it's money, whether it's a policy,
favor, whether it's a trade favor, and our government says, hey, how high? What do you want? Oh, I agree um, with you on that. All but, I, with China. I, but see, I'm putting them all together. I don't think it's us and these are all the same entity. From the, so include the Chinese in this equation. What's the innocent explanation then? Oh, well, I mean, from the China's perspective, it's uh, it's biochemical warfare. I yeah. mean, it's especially when the former it, head of their bioweapons lab look, was who was running the Wuhan I, Institute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked to a lot of doctors about this and the way it it it, it uh, bonds to the cells, the fact that it overwhelmingly attacks males. There's a lot of very funny things about this. Mm -hmm. There's no question whether they purposely released it at that point is a different story. Maybe not. Um, but there's no question that they are. Um, researching biowarfare, and our government is funding it. Now, it could be whether they knew they were funding it or not, I don't think they care. They just do whatever China tells them. I, I agree with you. I think that Anthony Fauci is the swell well of this story. I, I Or Francis Collins. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Great stuff, my friend, as always. All right, we'll see you next week. Take care. All right, gentlemen, your final thoughts here. What he said after his wife being the only one, in certain parts of the country, the, the majority of people are either gone themselves or enough in league with the gone because they like killing babies and tranny stuff that we, we our, our, our tactics either must change going forward or the return to normal isn't going to be our return to normal. It's going to be their return to normal. Hmm. Yeah, there are, there are, it's, it's interesting because there are areas like Iowa where we live, where if you are a Liberty loving conservative patriot at all and you're living in a place uh, a blank hole country like you know george floyd square in minneapolis um why don't you move where the food is it's a tactical retreat if you want to call it that you know there are there are areas worth fighting for todd has articulated that where you have direct influence like the school boards there are other areas that are so far gone it's it's not really worth the time and it's really it's really time to let them, um, to, to hand themselves over to their own desires, if you will. Um, the, that's, that's really what we're up against here. Um, we can, as a matter of survival, create enclaves that will actually protect people like you and I. Well said, both of you, to close it out. That'll do it for today's show. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.